then. Yes. It's Saturday night. Do you know what time it is? Yes, it's that time for the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast, you yes, lucky bastard. Yes, it is. I'm Elio. He's Ben. Ben, what barrier did you pierce this week? Oh, many. Well, let's see. Actually, yes, there was one. Uh, at the gym, I, um, I set a new record for uh, my plank record. I, I shattered it. My, uh, plank. My... Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Plank, is that where you're on your stomach and then, like, you just, like, lift yourself up and you're, like, straight like a plank and stay there for a certain number of minutes? Yes, good job. I know that. I I have a friend said yeah. I can't. I, I tried to do that. I can't do that because <laughs> with my surgery, I can't do that. With my surgery after my liver transplant, it's too. It's so hard. But I did try that. Well, and and that's understandable because you know with certain things you you really have to um. You really have to monitor yourself with the with the liver transplant. And I know yeah. that because because uh, one of my best friends had a liver transplant. Um, you know, here in, in Maryland, of course. So, so, um, so, what's your record for that for the plank? So it was like forty four seconds, and then I made it to one of one minute and four seconds on uh, on Tuesday. So. Very that's cool. So do you like do you have like a book you keep all these uh, records in? Um no, no, I just kinda you know post them on Facebook or whatever and then Yeah, but you should you should should keep it written down and you can look back. Well I I I do have it written down, it's on Facebook. I don't mean I mean physically and I'll physically write it down on paper in a book, not on not on (laughs) Facebook. Well, no, no one cares about that book. I don't even care about that book. Well, well, well but and most mostly I don't either because it's just so negative. But the way that I, the way that I use it, in my and my friends list being so restricted, you know, I I tend to cut out most most of the horse shit that I don't feel like dealing with. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So anyway, uh, speaking of horseshit that I didn't feel like dealing with. Oh no, PNC exclusive. Uh, WWE television this week was absolutely god awful. <laughs> oh no no. I mean, dude, what what in the hell are are we being forced to to witness on a on a weekly basis? I don't. I don't understand. Now hold on before we get anyone into anyone can before, find this entertaining. Before Go we ahead. get into before we get into all that, I think you have a piece of news about the WBE and uh, the future WBE program. Uh well are you you're talking about the what, the COVID news? The one that we uh, spoke about before we went on the air, yep. Uh, uh, um yeah, so um, so per- pretty much, um, Vin- Vince McMahon uh, is determined to have the the first live event for WWE take place at the end of July because he, apparently 
he is he is hung up on being the first company in America to host like an indoor event. And you know, I have to tell you, I find that to be an incredibly uh, risky thing to do. Um, and 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 quite frankly, a lot of um, a lot of WWE's decisions um, from from a, a safety perspective uh, and a human perspective, quite frankly, um, have just uh, have just been completely asinine uh, in in their handling of of the COVID uh, situation. Now, specifically. Um, the state of Florida has seen a massive uh, influx of new uh, positive uh, CV cases. So the fact that he is determined to hold live events, uh, excuse me, uh, number one, uh, I don't think you're going to be able to pull that off. Number two, uh, the last time you, you tried to have real people in the um, in the performance center because he did that uh, last week. Um, that's when that's when you started to have this massive influx of of CV cases and confirmed CV cases so far from. Uh, from WWE personnel include R- Renee Young, Adam Pierce, and Kayla Braxton. And speaking of Kayla Braxton, her case is uh, particularly egregious because, uh, from what I, from what I've read from from multiple sources, uh, she had it back in March, and now- I read that earlier today. Right, and now she has it at the end of June. So um, that's either that's either twice in the space of four months, or she's had it all along for for this four month period. Now that would be that would be terrible if that were, if that was the case. That'd be that'd be irresponsible and just well, well, it's irresponsible to begin with because she's had at at, at the. At the best case scenario for her, she's had it. She's had it twice in the in the space of four months. No, I'm saying I mean, if if she's had it the whole time, if it's just one time, but she's had it a lot rather yeah. than twice. Yeah, but I, I mean, it, it, it's still pretty bad, though. I mean, and yeah. um, you know, and of course, you know, this, this just affects so many people. And, and, you know, she was just on SmackDown with uh, Matt Riddle's debut, and she was, she was around a bunch of people. I mean, who, who, who's, to, who's to say that, that she didn't pass it on to, you know, somebody that was involved in that segment with her? And, and, and apparently she's deleted her Twitter account. Well, and I have a, I have a theory as to why that is, because now... Oh, go ahead. Um, because now WWE doesn't doesn't want um, you know doesn't want their employees revealing their COVID status because they want to keep it quiet. Um, now, now, granted, you know that's a that's just for a report, but I I can believe that based on the shit show that 
um, COVID has been for WWE. Now, here's the here's the other problem and um, argument that I saw on social media, which, quite frankly, I agree with. Um, who the fuck is WWE to tell anybody what to do regarding uh, re- revealing or or the privacy of their health status? Period. Um, excuse me, um, but. Correct me if I'm wrong, Elio, but aren't wrestlers independent contractors? Mm-hmm. So that means that they can do whatever the fuck they want if they don't have health insurance through through WWE. I mean, that's what that means. So, you know, it, it's just the level of control that WWE is trying to have over the um, over the narrative and also the fact that they are being so uh, negligent in their handling of, of COVID. Yeah, um, so uh, with uh, banning people, fan, people from wearing masks at uh, shows. Well, appar- apparently, apparently that I've heard that was Kevin Dunn. But of course... Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, yeah. Of course, anything that comes from Kevin Dunn is um is probably going to be an edict coming from Vince. So, you know, this this whole this whole thing is just an absolute clusterfuck. You know, I I've said it before and I'll say it again. You know, nobody nobody expected this COVID nineteen thing. Nobody knows how to handle it and stuff. And, and each person has their own uh you know approach or whatever i'm just saying that when you are a company on such a massive scale that wwe is and you know last week you make the decision to uh bring you know bring outside people into the uh performance center when you don't know where where in the hell these people have been in the midst of a global pandemic, um, that is completely uh, asinine, and uh, no wonder there's been an influx in cases. And um, I, I'm getting sick of staying home. The library's still closed. We don't know when, if it's going to reopen. Yeah, and, and the only the only place that I've been um, is my my gym. Other than that, I stay home. Um, one, because, well, very few places have opened back up. Two, um, you know, I, I personally don't like wearing the face mask because I feel like I can't breathe. And you know, the same, right? And look, I wear glasses. And when I wear face masks, like I have to go for blood work or whatever. Now my face mask, my stupid glasses always fog up. It's ridiculous. Yeah, so, you know, and it's just like, you know, like I said, the only place that I go to is the gym. And they control the amount of people that are in there uh, at one time. So, um, you know, obviously I don't wear the mask in there uh, because of the physical exertion, but you know, I don't go anywhere that would require me to wear um, a mask anyway. Yep. One, because I'm not going to put myself uh, at risk of, of getting it. But number two, 
you know, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to risk my family's health or, or anybody else. And, and, you know, all WWE had to do if, if you're talking about their, their, um, you know, roster, if you're going to insist that these people come to work, you know, then you're going to have to test them. And the fact that they weren't being tested and now, and now they've had this massive outbreak and you bring outside people into the performance center. We, when, as I said, you don't know where they've been. To me, that's the, that's the most egregious thing I've ever seen. Um, we, know, we know who Vince's best friend is. Well, yeah, we do. And, and that's why um, I think that's why they've been able to skate around the regulations because uh, Vince feels like he's got um, Trump in his back pocket. Um, you know, not not to get political, but you know, we're we're just uh, yeah stating the obvious. Um, but um, you know, it, it's just you know, I I I have I've said this from the beginning, and, and then we're gonna move on to actual wrestling because I don't want to go on a COVID nineteen tangent. Um, you know, the COVID the COVID nineteen is not. A uh, a political issue. It's a it's a human issue, and say what you want about the the media overblowing COVID and and whatever. And to a certain extent, I would agree with with people that uh, make that argument. Um, but the, but the bottom line is, COVID is extremely real, and not only are you bringing outside people in here, not only are you putting your performers in an unsafe scenario by having them work, period, uh, let alone in a state that's now experiencing a huge resurgence of COVID-19 cases, um, you're also, you, you've also had older people um, appear on their shows. Uh, Rick Flair has appeared on your show. Um, and, uh, it's just like, what are you doing? And it's astonishing to me that they are pretending to live in this bubble where, um, COVID just doesn't exist. Um, from a strictly business perspective, uh, you know, I can I can understand that because you know money has to be made and and you know people have their families to support. But then again, you're if you're not taking the health of your um, of your roster and the safety of your your employees seriously, which which last week really showed me that they aren't. Um, you know that, and quite frankly, that was just a cherry on top, because uh, I knew that they weren't from the very get-go, just because of, of the attitude that COVID doesn't exist um, from WWE upper management. I mean, it's just this is a clusterfuck on on crack. I mean, it's just, it's just this is like the the ice capades of a shit show. It you know, like what are you doing? So. 
you know, say what you want about the the product of the WWE, which is which has suffered greatly as a result of this COVID nineteen crap. Um, but I think I think the the human cost of it um, is what's really going to come back and bite them, and and because. Because of, of this outbreak and all these different people coming out on social media now and saying that I have COVID and I was working at the WWE shows, this is this is going to be um, a a much bigger problem than we even than we can even comprehend at at this point in time because um, this this is going to come back and make WWE's business model look like a piece of shit. And quite frankly, I would have to say that um, they were playing with fire to begin with when they decided to, um, you know, uh, continue uh, producing TV. But now it's just gotten to, to the point where, you know, Eventually, I think this this shit might get shut down, and I don't think Vince is going to have a say as to getting it back up or not. So, you know, long story short, the fact that he wants to get back to shows in July, I know I went on a little tangent there because I just, I, my mind is constantly boggled every time I hear something new. Um, but the fact that, that shows are going to run in late July, um, uh, no, I don't think so, Vince. Uh, you know, in a perfect world, I, w- I would love it because the shows suck without a crowd. I feel bad for the performers on a multitude of levels. Um, you know, everybody's losing their ass in terms of money and stuff like that, but it, it's just I don't think it's realistic at this point in time. So that's just my take on it. What do you think? Oh, well, what I think is wrestling is supposed to be fun. We're supposed to be sitting here talking about stupid storylines and how next pay-per-view is going to be the crap or it's going to be good. But instead, we're talking about this stuff. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, unfortunately um, I think it's going to be that way for a while. And, and you know, that's a, that's a byproduct of, of how WWE has handled this. Um, and in the process, Ben has been embroiled in several feuds at the same time. One with Braun Strowman, and now he's feuding with Vince McMahon. <laughs> well, yeah, well, and, and I'll I'll get to um I'll get to Braun Strowman when you do uh, your review of SmackDown. But all right, God. <laughs> all right. But now uh, now that we have that little mini rant out out of the way. Uh, let's move on to uh, our review of Monday Night Raw. Ben, take it away. So, um, once again, uh, this edition came to us from the Performance Center. Mike got after this, 
if I never hear or see anything regarding the performance center, I'll be fucking really happy. So, um, you know, the first half hour of this show was a glaring low point. Okay. Now, Drew McIntyre kicked off the show, which in and of itself I didn't have a problem with, but uh, but it was. You know what? Oh, I have to I have to interrupt you. Yeah. Ben, you have become an entitled jackass. Well, <laughs> yeah, that was well, that was terrible. That segment. I don't know. I know because it's it's so forced. Because, um, long story short, uh, you know. Drew needs a challenger for uh, Extreme Rules. And out comes his former tag team partner, Drew McIntyre. I'm actually going to ask you a question. Uh, I'm I'm sorry, Dolph Ziggler. I'm going to ask you a question about um, Extreme Rules when we get to SmackDown. Go on. All right. So, so, um, out out comes Dolph Ziggler, and, and he is... He is insistent that he's owed a WWE championship opportunity. Uh, in what fucking realm of anything have you done remotely enough to earn a WWE title opportunity? We haven't seen you since last, you know, since you got off the um the rom- the romance train with Otis. Uh, Mandy and um, Sonya Deville, and now I, 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 ladies and gentlemen, I can see my co-host uh, uh, wheeling out onto the stage with microphone, delivering that promo. Oh, tr- oh no, 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 trust me, the, the promo that I would cut on this show, <laughs> you know, God help you. Uh, God, God help you because WWE's balls are going to be in a vice courtesy of the man that always pierces barriers, Ben Pierce. Let me assure you of that. see exclusive. Um, because I just, I just don't get this. So now I'm supposed to believe that Dolph Ziggler is going to make an incredible uh, WWE championship contender. Um, I love Dolph Ziggler. I, I have stated numerous times in the past that I think he is criminally underrated, but he, he's become buried to the point where I can no longer give a damn about him. Uh, and I sure as hell can't take him seriously as a championship contender. So, um, you know, and, and it, it just, to me, it's just like, what are you doing? You know, because I always say this, but it, it, it never fails. You know, it's just, I feel like WWE in, insults my intelligence to, on a weekly basis to a level that is just astronomical. And I don't claim to be, you know, uh, the be-all, end-all when it comes to uh, wrestling creative. Um, I'm not. You know, but, but there are two concepts that really uh, 
stand out to me as being important in anything, uh, but certainly uh, pro wrestling uh, storytelling in particular. And that is um, logic and common sense. And when, when we are just so brazenly told by WWE to believe what we're looking at and not question it, and if you question it, you're, you know, you're, you're not a fan according to Kevin Dunn, or, you know, you're just complaining for the sake of complaining on a podcast or whatever. Kevin Dunn, you're an idiot. Um, well, I, I think he's proven that on, on numerous occasions. Um, you know, and, 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 all, and I've also said this, and I, I'll say this again. You know, it gives me absolutely no pleasure to come on here and rail against WWE. It doesn't. Uh, there's nothing that I would like better than to come on here and say, Raw and SmackDown were incredible shows this week. And I'm I'm very encouraged about their, uh, you know, their um, their future. However, I can't say that because I can't lie to to myself or the listeners of the show. So if if me coming off uh, neg- negative is the consequence of me being honest, then I'm good, you know, because. I've always been known for being brutally honest, and I don't think that that's ever going to change. And specifically when it comes to uh, WWE and something that I care about so deeply, um, to to me, this is just, what the hell are you doing? You know? Um, speaking Speaking of what the hell... Uh, the illogical mess continued in in segment number two. Uh, Nia Nia Jax is in the ring, and she has threatened to um, hold up the show until um, until uh, Charlotte Flair uh, comes out here. This was awful. Now, now, so the she wants to take Raw hostage, but then she's interrupted by uh, by our truth of all people, um, who claims that he is that that he is Charlotte Flair, which is just fucking stupid. Um, you know he. And then, and then, speaking of stupidity, we have Akira Tozawa and his Foot Clan. You know what? I hate this uh, Akira Tozawa um, storyline that they're well, and, and it's honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm really surprised because, you know, like I, like I said last week, I'm, I'm certainly not the captain of the politically correct, um, you know, movement. Um, but, um, you know, when you, when you have, you know, Japanese ninjas, I just, you know, on a, on a show like this, um, I got a problem, you know, cause it's, it's, it's a little bit, um, 
it's a little bit racist to tell you the truth. Uh, and, and but aside from all of that, it's just it's just bad. There's nothing entertaining about this. It's just stupid and it's insulting to the performers that have to pull it off. Yep. Um. Next, next up, we uh, we have a, we have the Raw Tag Team uh, titles uh, being decided. We're actually having an in-ring uh, match between Mont- Montez Ford and An- Angelo Dawkins, the Street Profits, and the Viking Raiders after weeks. In weeks of nonsensical bullshit segments. Yeah. Uh, so the fact that we finally got some in-ring action, I'm not going to complain about that. Um, obviously, obviously the Street Profits were going to re- retain, so uh, no issues there. Other than I thought the match was too short, especially when when you have us suffering through this inept storyline for weeks and weeks on end. So, um, next up was um, Asuka versus Charlotte Flair. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, Charlotte was uh, selling an arm injury that was uh, inflicted upon her by Nia Jax. Um, and, but eventually, uh, she she came to uh, Asuka and tapped out. Now, um, apparently, um, from my understanding, the reason that uh, that Charlotte has been written off uh, SummerSlam is because she need, she wanted to have. Um, some sort of elective surgery. That was my understanding. So yeah. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure what the return timetable is. Um, but the fact that uh, she's going to be off TV for at least a little bit uh, is something that, to be honest with you, I can't complain about because Charlotte Flair. I never thought that I that I would see the day where somebody was was more overbooked than John Cena. And within the last number of years, we've seen two cases of that in Roman Reigns and Charlotte Flair. Char- Charlotte and the fact that, that she is considered to be the end-all, be-all of the women's division – um, and the only one that can hold titles on a consistent basis, you know, is, 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 don't get me, don't get me going on another Charlotte rant. Uh, su- suffice to say, I think I didn't see nothing. But it's just like, you know, I really, I'm sorry like, I had to mess with my co-host. I, I know with it, you, yeah, it's kind of a thing. Um, but it's just, it's just terrible, and it, it really is, it really is sad because I don't want to feel that way when when Charlotte's on my screen because she, I think that she really is a good wrestler. It's just 
her booking is not doing her any favors whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just uh, my take on on things. Uh, next up, we had Akira Tozawa uh, defeating our truth to become 24-7 champion. And after this, um, Bobby, uh, Bobby Lashley and MVP came out to attack uh, our truth Wait a minute. Um, wait, wait, wait. It's the 24-7, 48-7 European Intercontinental Championship. Well, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't, well, get, I, don't get that. I don't. I couldn't possibly care less. I really couldn't. <laughs> I don't get that. That doesn't even make sense when Truth says that. No, it doesn't. And, and you know, and remember how I said the first half hour was a walking low point. Yep. It was. It, it was more like the first forty-five minutes of it because then we had Apollo Cruz defeating Shelton Benjamin. Uh, when's the last time Shelton Benjamin was relevant on WWE television? I was asking you that last week. <laughs> when was the last time we saw this guy on my uh, screen? What, well, last last time I remember was a gauntlet match. Yeah, I, that was. I'm. I'm pretty sure that was the last time. Jeez. It just. It fucking sucks. Um, but finally we get something where at least a little bit. Um, it's compelling, and that is. Um, that is the storyline between Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio, and uh, Dominic taking up for. Um, for Ray for getting for getting injured by Seth, so that was that was entertaining. It was a little bit of a an attempt at quid quid pro quo, as um, as uh, you know they tried to injure Dominic's eye, but that didn't quite work, and it was it was. Um, you know, Seth Rollins, who almost got his eye messed with. So it's just this little, little uh, you know, ping pong back and forth uh, situation. Um, but, um, you know, I think that this could be a very uh, compelling storyline if, if they align Dominic with um, Seth Rollins and then uh, Ray has to embark to save uh, Dominic from the uh, influence of Seth. So I think that... Could... You, you think they're going to go through with that? Uh, yes. Yes. Um, all indications uh, based on what I've seen on TV um, would would indicate that to me, yes. Let me um, ask you a question. In 1999, what was the... <clears throat> what, what was... Uh, the most powerful darkest faction in in the WWF in '99. Oh, the the Ministry of Darkness. And in 2020, it's the Money Night Messiah. You see a connection here? Uh, yeah. Except the under the Undertaker was much cooler than Seth Rollins. I know, right? The only, thing, having, the only thing I really like about Seth is his uh, music that he comes up with. But having said that, I um, 
I vastly prefer um, Seth Rollins in this role uh, versus the one that he was playing when he held the WWE Championship. So, um, I've, I mean, I've always thought that um, Seth uh, was a better heel. Um, so, I'm not exactly hating him in this role. And as, a, and as I said, if they use Dominic in the way that I would like to see him use, I think that that could be very interesting. Um, ne uh, next up after that, for now, um, for some reason, uh, the my results have completely stopped after that. That's why I have uh, my own copy up here. I, I I actually I think that was the main event segment though. Um, actually, after that, um, the main event segment was was uh, Charlotte Flair versus Oscar. Okay, well then they had this shit way out of order. Then what the hell? Um, well, that's what I'm seeing on this website here. Well, yeah, this is um, this is uh, WWE.com uh, that I'm looking at. Oh, but actually, what was was the? No, uh, and then after that, the main of the the main event segment was Randy Orton. Oh yeah, that that's and that's why I got confused because they're all out of order here. But yes, the um, so. Ric Flair wanted to anoint Randy Orton as the greatest wrestler ever, uh, which, as much as I have always admired Randy Orton's work, um, you know, I don't, I don't think he's in that discussion. Um, that's just me. Uh, nothing against him, but you know. I, I think it was just kind of a way to continue, uh, you know, the, the way that his match with Edge was built, which, as I've said on numerous occasions, was a criminal disservice with Edge and uh, Randy Orton, even though their match of backlash was awesome for what it was. Um, so, um, so... Before um, before Rick can anoint um, uh, Randy, out comes uh, the Big Show to um, defend his friends uh, Edge and Christian, um, and um, and then they uh, Randy took kind of a surprising uh, tact here. He said, you know, listen, show, I've always respected you. Um, I don't have an issue um, with you, um, you know, but um, I'm, I'm going to give you, like, an opportunity to, you know, walk away from this, which obviously the big show didn't do. But, but, but here's, here's my issue, and then, and then we'll, uh, we'll get into what was my absolute favorite segment on the show um, after this. Here's here's my issue with with the Big Show's involvement. Um, you know, I think with with um, Big Show 
um, and and Christian's involvement. I it, to me, it just it reeks of desperation. And to me, you know, we don't need. We, I don't. I don't need their involvement, and the storyline doesn't need their involvement to stay alive. You know, because because. Randy Orton and Edge are the caliber of performers where if you had just left it alone with Edge's promo on Randy Orton from earlier in the evening, it, it would have been fine. Like we, we, I don't need, I don't need the big show to take off for Edge and Christian. Like what, when, when were those two, when were those three guys ever aligned with each other? Right? What, what was it, the big show feuding with Edge when Edge was married to Vicky Guerrero? Well, yes, and, and don't remind me because I might, I, might, I, I, might I might lose the contents of my stomach. Uh, but, you know, PNC it, exclusive. Yes. Elio really likes to test the integrity of my digestional tract. But it's... But yeah, so I don't I don't need the big show involved in this. I don't need Christian involved in this anymore. I certainly don't want him to um, be in a physical role. Um, but you know, the the one thing that I really liked about um, uh, about the show um, and the number one highlight in my book was the promo that Edge cut. Um, you know he's in a he's in a darkened ring somewhere in the performance center, and it's just him looking at the camera, and he, he says, you know, um, you know, you, you tried to you, you tried to put me out, uh, and it it didn't work. Yeah, you hurt my arm, but I I could I could feel your fear when um, when I kicked out and. And your your uncertainty and and you you really you really woken up the the rated R superstar in me and put to sleep the um, the uh, the guy that was just happy to return to WWE and and uh, he said I'm I'm going to make you wish that that cowboy Bob was shooting blanks on the night you were conceived. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, um, I don't know why they always have to go there with these uh, promos. What do, what do you mean always? They they never go there go there anymore. Not with this PG bullshit. No, I'm no, no. Like you know what I mean. I don't. I know. I don't mean like now. Like we say. Like I mean. Like I don't know. Like I don't know why. Whenever they've done the promos like that in the past, they've always had to go there. I I don't know. It's it's, just, it's a way to cut to the quick. I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, I mean, geez. But um, you know, that's our review of uh, Money I Roll. Largely, it was I would say it was like two two hours and forty five minutes of complete crap. I'm sorry. Um, I just I don't I don't get this show, and and I I just. It's not like I look for things not to be entertained by. It's just I'm legitimately not entertained by this show at all. So anyway, um, moving on to um, our review of AEW. 
Um, I will pass the reins over to Elio for a brief break from my voice box. And um, I will I will get right back with you for my take on this week's WWE NXT. But for right now, Elio, take it away. All right, here we go. AEW Dynamite. Cause I'm TNT. I'm Dynamite. So this week, we open up with a Lumberjack match featuring Wardlow defeating Luchasaurus. Oh, God. <laughs> Actually, uh, this one wasn't a bad match. I liked it. Uh, I didn't. Uh, I, I don't like Lumberjack matches. They're just too predictable. They just stand there. Yeah, I don't know why they made this a lumberjack match. I like the match. I just didn't like that this was a lumberjack match. I think it could have been a regular match. Yeah. Because a lot, a lot of lumberjack matches are for are for that one guy. Like, let's say you and I are feuding. And you're at that chicken shit heel. Or I'm, I'll be the heel. You can, because I'm the older, more evil heel. And I, and I, and I, and I tend to run away more. And and I am the dashingly handsome ladies guy. So, yeah. Oh whatever. So so like a lumberjack match would be would fit in this situation because it would keep me in the ring. I can't go anywhere. Yeah, exactly. All right. So next we had Hikaru Shida defeating Red Velvet, and I can't believe this three seconds. Yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure what the point of that was. But, well, actually, I think uh, the main focus here was uh, Higurushida going after Penelope Ford, who was in the crowd. Who was in the crowd. Yeah, I, I know, but three seconds, come on now. Hey, you know what? Uh, I kind of wanted, wanted to see more from this uh, Red Velvet one. Um, yeah, I'm sure you did. <laughs> well, and I am... Indie Spotlight. Red Velvet, she's competed for Shine in the past. So there we go. That's your Indie Spotlight for this week. How, how riveting. <laughs> <laughs> Not one of your best Indie Spotlights, but I appreciate it nonetheless. Then we had the team of Colt Cabana and Mr. Brody Lee defeating Joey Janelle and Sonny Kiss. Mr. Ben Pierce, what you think of this match? I I actually really liked it. I I like the I like the um kind of psychology of it in terms of Brody Lee actually doing the dirty work to um. I don't know. What do you want? Did you want to see where this goes with the dark order? Um, you know, I'm kind I'm kind of past the dark order at this point. They kind of. No, I mean with uh, Cole Cabana. Is he gonna join? Is he not gonna join? I I don't I don't see I don't see Cole Cabana being a very good fit for uh, the Dark Order. Okay. And and as I said, beyond beyond that, 
AEW kind of missed their window to get me engaged in, uh, in caring about the Dark Order. So for me, it's kind of I lo- I like um, having Brody Lee there, um, but I don't necessarily need the Dark Order. I think I know what's going to happen. What's that? Because Cole Cabana and Brody Lee are facing SCU, I think uh, Cole Cabana sent him up. He's gonna he's gonna turn on on Brody Lee at a fighter fest, and him and the SCU are gonna are gonna team up on uh, Brody Lee. Well, the, and and that certainly would go along with the um, you know Cole Cabana character for sure. Then we had the team of FTR defeating SCU, Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian. I thought this match was great. You know, I, I, I love, I love having uh, FTR in AEW because it's like, it's like the shackles are off, you know, and, and it's just, you know, they're, they're in a place where tag team wrestling actually matters. And they have all of these exciting possibilities for for matchups and and really building a tag team division around them and you know and the Young Bucks, um, which is which is a very uh, compelling uh, situation for me personally. You know, I'm I'm more of a Lucha Bros guy than I am a Young Bucks guy. Um, but you know, having having those three tag teams in one place is like, oh my god! You know, like to me, that's awesome because I I've always been a guy who has enjoyed tag team wrestling um, when it's done properly, and you know, uh, WWE has just has been so neglectful of their tag team division for. An incredibly long time, um, so it's it's very refreshing to have a company on on this kind of a scale that actually puts an emphasis on tag team wrestling, and and um, I'm excited to see uh, where they go with it, especially now that they seem to be cleaning up the the referee mistakes in tag team matches, so. I'm I'm excited I'm excited for FTR and company to to be in uh, AEW for sure. I'm kind of uh, getting used to their uh, new names: Cash Mueller, Dax Harwood. Well, any any name that doesn't have them in the WWE prison, I mean they. Yep. I mean they could be named Fluff and stuff, and I wouldn't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Fluff and stuff, what? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, my co-host has been watching laundry detergent commercials. <laughs> All right, next we had Brian Cage. I'm so sick of uh, Taz on my screen every week. Really? Because because I'm I'm really getting ready to piss you off because I I really like this combination. Oh, you way off. Okay. <laughs> Brian Cage defeated. <laughs> John Cruz, and here we go, Indy Spotlight number two. This guy was has competed for Combat Zone, Dragon Gate USA, Evolve, and Impact Wrestling. 
And he, really? has, he has also made appearances in MLW and NXT. Well, uh, despite my yawn, um, that that um, that energy spotlight was much more compelling than number one. So, and uh, and actually, uh, the two uh, NXT uh, matches he had took place. One took place January fifth, twenty seventeen, where he was defeated by Elias, and one took place September fifteenth, twenty sixteen, where he was. He and his partner Jesus Unit def- were defeated by the Authors of Pain. Oh yeah, so they didn't have a good night with the Authors of Pain. I can't sure. No, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now you were saying about tabs. I um, I actually I'm getting ready. To, I'm getting the meat button ready, sir. Go <laughs> <laughs> well, on. Well, I'm sorry. But, you know, just considering revenge for all those stupid iconic segments you have to sit through. Um, I'd rather but, see the iconics than Taz. Bullshit. Bullshit. Oh no! I, I I actually really like him as as the mouthpiece for Cage. It's uh, it's very entertaining. Um, especially I can I can even tell you a story off off air. Yeah, but you know it's actually going to be interesting because now, uh, with the aforementioned. Uh, yeah, what is going on? What are they going to do? Yeah, with the aforementioned COVID concerns with Renee Young, you know. Uh, it's it's going to be very interesting because I don't think I don't think that um, Moxley is going to be able to appear. Um, so they they might have lost one of their um, one of their main events for Fighter Fest. So uh, COVID c- continues to create a host of problems. And but, some week, and some weeks I really do enjoy AEW more than NXT. Yeah, and, and, I, and I do too, which is which is saying something because um, you know NXT has been at the top of my list for years, and uh, you know hence why last week I went on a, on a rant against um, you know Vince McMahon taking creative control of NXT because if if that is the case on a consistent basis. Uh, that could mean the slow death of NXT, and if I'm, and if I'm Triple H, that's the last thing I wanted because then you know, I then, then I'd really be mad at that Vince if I'm Triple H and he messes NXT up. Yeah, I mean, I mean, because the Triple H has spent seven years building that into into a conglomerate, and the fact that. Um, NXT is being treated the way that it is, you know, as a result of this COVID-19 and having all the recruits and be the, the liberal stand-ins for the crowd on these shows and um, just how, they, how they've been uh, egregiously treated up until, up until recently because um, recently I've heard that they uh, – They've been treated a little bit better now. Now since WWE got ousted for um, for not te- for not testing, and they they pretty much got ousted for their entire 
um, handling of the COVID situation. So now they're trying to be good, good boys and girls and, and treat people a little nicer. And, and they finally, um, they finally have uh, testing involved. And you know, speaking of, of the testing, here, here's, here's another, here's another thing. Um, AEW has done uh, astronomically better job with their handling of, of COVID uh, period, especially uh, with the, with this testing situation. Because uh, you know, despite the fact that uh, they're in the same place all the time, Tony Khan pays for these people to be tested every single time that they're in the in the building, so that they're not putting their health at risk. Mm-hmm. Um, which to me. You know that doesn't seem like a very hard decision to make, regardless of who you are. So, you know, you know, if, if this was, if this was a civilian that we're that we're talking about, right? So outside WWE, um, you know, I'm I'm for testing of COVID, but only if you're displaying symptoms, because if you're not, uh, then it's like a waste of money. In, in my opinion, um, but um, but he, but here's the thing: when when you are insisting on working uh, during a global pandemic, the testing becomes of paramount importance to the health and safety of your performers. So, um, you know, the way that Tony Khan has handled that versus how. Uh, Vince has handled that. It's just like night and day. So I have I have nothing but respect for uh, Tony Khan for that. And uh, Tony Khan actually gave uh, John Moxley a lot of uh, credit for how he how he handled uh, telling him that he was exposed to somebody who was exposed to COVID, which obviously he was referring to his wife uh, being exposed to COVID. Um, and, uh, and, you know, Moxley just said, Hey, you know, Hey, you gotta replace me on the cart. Cause I, you know, I, I'm not going to put anyone else at risk by coming to work and, and, you know, my wife has this going on. So, um, you know, just, just like I said, the handling of the situation between the two companies is, is night and day. And I just, I don't understand why why it was so difficult for uh for any company to do that to begin with especially especially a wrestling company but uh, because you know i still i still say to the to to this day i said it from the very beginning of this COVID 19 uh as much as i love wrestling i don't need it right now i don't because it's not essential it's it's incredibly dangerous for the performers, especially on WWE side, because you know WWE is 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 displaying a gross lack of of, um, of you know judgment or compassion or whatever the fuck you want to say. Uh, I mean, I think I think that is very obvious at this point. You know, I think I think if we had said that you know two three months ago. You know, it would have been unfair, but I think I think with how everything has has played out, WWE has consistently 
portrayed themselves as as the villain in this scenario. Um, so, as as far as the the health consequences um, for all these people, I feel bad for them. Um, you know, but I I'm more pissed off at at Vince because this didn't have to happen in the in the first place. You know, so. I'm, so, I'm sorry, I went off on another tangent. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> and in the main event, it was Mad Party, I'm sorry, Damascus, yes. defeating Santana, who was the last minute replacement for Sammy Guevara. And in the main segment of the show, to close out this week's show, Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy face to face. Yeah, and. Um... And I'll say what, they they certainly let um, Orange Cassidy look like a badass. I mean, he didn't look like a joke in this. Uh, I, I have a question. Yeah. Now, Orange Cassidy is over, right? With the, with the fans, right? Yeah. Who got Orange Cassidy over? It was Jericho. Okay, okay now, because uh, that's what that me. Because uh, Jericho said... Like Cassie got himself over with his uh, whole like. Well, yeah, yeah, and, and that too. I mean, because I'll say what, I wasn't sold on um, Orange Cassie's character, not by a long shot. Um, but uh, but so for me, his for me personally, uh, having him feud with Jericho um, was awesome. So, uh, and uh, I'll buy that, I'll buy that Superman punch that he delivered to Jericho. <laughs> yeah, that was, um, that was funny. Yeah. So, um, I don't know, I'm looking forward to Fighter Fest, uh, night one and night two. Um, yeah, and, um, and like I said, I hope, I hope it doesn't get messed up too bad, uh, by, you know, the development with Moxley, but we'll just have to see how everything um, plays out. All right, so that was our review of AEW Dynamite, and now we are going to take a brief commercial, and then we'll be back with NXT, SmackDown, and we're going to fire up the DeLorean, and this is going to be one of our regular trips this week, as opposed to last week's special trip back through time. Absolutely. So stay tuned for that. All right, fans, we are back. I'm going to throw it back over to my co-host for our review of NXT. Ben. continues to uh, miss the boat for me. Um, 
as as of late. Um, if I could actually find the results, where are they? Uh, oh, here, here we go. I have so many tabs open, it's ridiculous. Okay. Um, first match was uh, Cameron Grimes uh, versus Damian Priest. Now, b- before um, before this match, we get shown a clip from earlier in the day where he was um, a- attacked um, and he was beat to hell out, outside of his car. Um, and, uh, the, the refs had to help him, and, um, then we cut back to the live camera, and, um, Priest is, is staggering out, and he's, he's got his ribs all, uh, taped up, and he's insisting on, on, uh, fighting despite the obvious, uh, injury, so, um, you know, I, I and and I like I said, I I like Damian Priest, but I'm just I'm not really sure where they're going with him. Um and and I can't I can't really get behind Cameron Grimes. There's just <laughs> we're there's so just, off, we're so offering that reward. Yeah, well, well, and and the and the thing is, right? So. In all fairness, I do think he's talented, um, but it's just you got to put a shirt on that guy. It, it, I know that sounds terrible, but it's just he looks disgusting. It, it's it, it, uh, ladies and gentlemen, my host is a loss for words. <laughs> <laughs> and just, can we can we can we please either get him a sh- either get him a shirt or introduce him to a razor? Okay, like what the fuck? <laughs> it's disgusting. Um. So anyway, um. But getting back to the actual wrestling, I just I just found the the booking to be weird. Um. Because I don't know if he's, I don't know if he is a, a face or a heel, and you know this. I imagine he's a face now. Well, I, I after don't know. The, after the in your house. Because I, well, I I can tell, you know, I'll take your word for it, but I can tell. I mean, I'm just basing that on uh, the promos, the couple of promos that, that he's uh, that he cut after the In Your House show. No, and and that's that's perfectly legitimate. I'm just I'm just saying I'm I'm not sure because he, he seems more like an in between guy to me. Yeah. Sure. Um. Next up, we had uh, Jake Atlas versus the former El Hijo de Fantasma, uh, the newly christened. Santos Escobar. Santos Escobar, yes. And um, I, uh, <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, but um, so this this new character is kind of intriguing to me because um, it it really goes against the grain in terms of um, in terms of like Lucha Libre history. 
um, it, cause it's, it's, it's considered um, very, very like sacri sacrilegious for uh, Lucio Libre uh, guy to, to lose his mask in any capacity. So for him to voluntarily remove it, um, I was a little bit, uh, actually I was very surprised by that. And I, I didn't see it like the first, uh, the first week when he, when we saw the review, but uh, this past week I feel, I feel after, after it was revealed uh, who the two guys with him were, this concludes the storyline where Joaquin uh, Wilde and um, what's the other guy's name were kidnapped. And then I pulled into that van. Yeah. So no, and Raul Mendoza. That's it. And yeah, and that's what this whole storyline was was um, leading to, um, which which was okay. I just um, for me, I'm just surprised that that they went against the uh, lucha libre tradition there. So I'm surprised yeah. they actually remembered a storyline and wrapped that actually wrapped it up. <laughs> well. well uh, and that's one of the major differences between NXT and the main roster. So there you go. Um, but yeah, I uh, whether whether it's um, whether it's Fantasma or Escobar, I, I really like this guy. So I'm glad that he's finally uh, in WWE. Um, next up, we had a, a tag team match featuring. Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez taking on Caden Carter and Casey Canzaro. I I'm sorry, I just I didn't care about this match at all. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm gonna uh, con continue past it. Yeah, it's okay. I kind of tuned out on this match. Um, next up, we had Karrion Cross versus Bronson Reed. And I was really surprised that Bronson Reed got the victory last week, but I wasn't surprised. Um, that he lost here. Um, is it just me? Are we seeing a lot of this Bronson Reed? Well, yeah, it, we do. But you know, then again, then again, you know, you, you need a bigger guy. Um, no, I'm, no, I'm saying because uh, we never really saw much of him before, but uh, lately we've been seeing more of him. Yeah. Um, well, and and that could be because of the number of call-ups that uh, have gone to the main roster recently. Um, but then, you know, Carrying uh, Cross in particular needed a, a, a newer, more credible opponent, and um, Bronson Reed actually got some some offense in on him. So I love that. I love that entrance. That music. Yeah, it was, it, this was more of an extended squash, and I was, to be honest with you, I was more focused on Scarlet on, on the outside. Uh-huh, I'm sure you were. Hey, I'm, I'm being honest. I know what I'm saying. I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I'm sure you were. <laughs> so, um, but I, I actually I actually really like the um, presentation of Karrion Cross, and like you said, uh, the entrance was, was perfectly... Uh, is great, um, but so, the, that uh, and then that, that music fits him so well. Yeah, and and th that's actually Scarlett who sings it at the beginning. I know so. that's the thing. I was like, I I, I I like that part of the song with her singing. Yeah, so um, it's um, it's gonna be very interesting to see how 
how this unfolds because I'm I'm very excited that Karen Cross is finally here. Okay. So next up, we had your girl, Aaliyah, taking on Rhea Ripley. And obviously, this was going to be very predictable with with, um, with Ripley getting the victory. I have, a, I have a question first. Yeah. Where's Vanessa born? I miss her. <laughs> I, I do, too. I, um, I haven't seen her in quite a while, so I, I can't really tell you. I, I hope uh, they actually uh, put her with uh, Robert Stone. They reform uh, the team with her, not Leah. Uh, yeah, that, 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 would, that would be an interesting move. Um, but uh, I'll tell you what, Robert Stone definitely took a shot when he uh, when he lost Chelsea Green because, oh, my God, is she gorgeous. Holy shit. Uh, pl- and plus, okay, well, hey, can- Hold on, hold on. You always get on me by Charm Spears. You better watch out for Zack Ryder. Something, something tells me I, I can take Zack Ryder. <laughs> <laughs> because he still plays with action figures, okay? <laughs> First of all, it's a little weird. A little strange. <laughs> but then again, we still watch wrestling, so I can't really knock him. But, um... No, I'm not. I'm, you know, I'm not the kind. Of, I'm not the kind of guy to mess a relationship up. But there's, there's nothing wrong with, with expressing appreciation. Um. So anyway, uh, you know, the, the thing that is that is confusing me about the current crop of of NXT shows is, um, is they seem to be. Uh, they seem to be more structured in a main roster style, so it's just kind of weird. I, I, I will say, uh, now that now that uh, it's been on the two-hour format for for a longer period of time now, um, I did prefer NXT at one hour. I, I do. Um, I do. I, well, I, I have to ask you. Okay, now Robert Stone lost Chelsea Green. I thought that uh, he was like uh, building this uh, stable or something uh, of uh, female wrestlers. Well, and, and I thought so too, but um, apparently, apparently, uh, from what I've heard, Chelsea Green is supposedly on the fast track to the main roster. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, well, I don't know. I, I, I want to see what you with, uh, with this guy to uh, see what kind of uh, stable he does for him. Yeah, um, so that that part is uh, compelling. Uh, speaking of uh, the compelling television, we have uh, we have Roderick Strong back in therapy uh, to deal oh, with Jesus. Uh, <laughs> oh, deal. Yeah, see, you saw it this week. Yeah. It's, uh, okay. Well, what did you think of this? I, I I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm I'm not sold on it. I'm, I'm really not. Um. So so we have uh we have. Have Sammy Slane's younger brother playing yeah. the doctor. AKA Alex Alex O'Reilly. Alex O'Reilly. Ooh. Or, or uh Alex oh whatever. Who's out so right? Who's out so right? 
I'm <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly. I'm stupid. Um, no, I'm, 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 I'm done. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly. Um, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Ben, you're it's here. It's you're among friends. You're in a safe place. Oh, shut up. <laughs> I told you off the air, if I have to hear the word safe space or safe place or whatever the fuck again, I'm going to just headbutt my my computer to the point where I go through the street. I, I, I don't need all this politically correct bullshit on my NXT. Like, like I just said. Like I, like I said last week, stay away from my precious NXT. If you fuck with this, I'm coming for Vince McMahon's jugular. <laughs> anyway, this 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 segment was just bad. I mean, then they put Rod, then they put Roderick Strong in the trunk. Yes, as as therapy. And when they let him out, apparently they were so proud of him because. They thought that he had progressed. Now, yeah, get out. holy fuck! <laughs> now, even more, even more, um, even more ridiculous. The the site that I'm using to go through the results here gave this segment an A. What the fuck? No. What? No. No. Why? Why? Uh, I don't that was know. stupid. Um. The worst well, part of that singing was uh, Kyle O'Reilly playing the doctor. That was ridiculous. Uh, yeah, well, and, and uh, you know, I guess the point of it was, um, you know, he was, um, Strong was supposed to have a match with, uh, with Dexter Lewis, and he couldn't really, he couldn't do it because, um, the, the eyes of, of uh, Luminous were really creeping him out. Huh? Um, so, well, yeah, uh, did, did, didn't we see him uh, uh, in the reflection of that door or something? Um, oh, you, you mean at, um, that, at, in, at in, in your house? No, in that segment. And didn't we see his reflection in that door? Uh, no, I, I, didn't, I didn't see that part. Um, oh, okay. Maybe, oh, yeah. but I, I must have missed. Yeah. Okay. No, because they when they uh, pan into the door, you just see his face, his reflection. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, well, that's something that will haunt your nightmares for sure. Um, and next up was the main event. I thought this was this was really good. This was a triple threat match between uh, Keith Lee, Finn Bauer, and Johnny Gargano. Uh. Uh, Keith, I I love Keith Lee. I, I think I think he's fantastic. Um, you know, just the way that he like came up out of nowhere to scare the hell out of Finn Bauer was just tr- tremendous. I love when he does that. And he just like Finn Bauer's just standing there. All of a sudden, like Keith Lee just like rises up behind him. It's like what the hell. Yeah. The only the only thing that I really um. That I really uh, didn't like about the about the match was um, was all the commercials. And I don't I don't get it. I don't I don't need multiple commercials during a match. And it's it's something that WWE's been doing for a, for a long while, and it just really pisses me off. Do you know what I don't like? And AEW does this too. 
is a pitcher in pitcher. Well, I, and, and I, I don't like commercials in the middle of matches in any regard. Yeah. Know, wait till after the matches and then, and then yeah, yeah. get your sponsors and whatever the fuck. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, you know, good match. And uh, this, uh, this sets up a winner-take-all match for the NXT and North American Championships in two weeks at the NXT Great American Bash, which is counter-programming against uh, night two of Fighter Fest. Now, um, I don't, I don't know, it, I don't know how you feel about this, but if if I'm WWE. I'm paying uh, the Rhodes family for the rights to use the to use the Great American Bash concept. You know, that, but that's just me. Um, even even uh, Dusty's daughter uh, came out on Twitter and said, uh, "You need to cut my mom a check." Okay. Um, so. And it's, it's going to be interesting, but I can't, I kind of agree with her interest. Well, why are they using really a match? What happened to the bash? I don't, I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. Um, <clears throat> but that is our review for uh, Monday Night Raw overall. Or not Monday, Monday Night Raw? Night, not Monday Night Raw. I'm, I'm, I'm tired. I need to go to sleep. What the fuck? Um, it's the exclusive. My co-host is quite exhausted. That's what the product has done to him lately. Yes, it, it, in all seriousness, that is very much the case. Um, but um, no, the, uh, I meant NXT. So uh, we'll uh, we'll get you back to uh, Elio for uh, his take on um, on Friday Night SmackDown, and uh, oh luckily for him, it's a light review because there wasn't much to be said for SmackDown this week. But yeah, there's only four matches here. Elio, take it away. Are you ready? there is only three matches because the first match uh, was the Boneyard match from WrestleMania 36. So basically match number one was a four-way match for the number one contender to face Bailey for the SmackDown Women's Championship. It was Nikki Cross defeating Alexa Bliss, Dana Brooke, and Lacey Evans to Get that match at Extreme Rules. Now, this is uh, where I had a question for you. It said, when I was reading, it said Extreme Rules Horror Show. Yes, uh, they have uh, they've renamed that show um, to renamed. be the Horror Show uh, because apparently um, the plan is to uh, have a House of Horrors match. For who, for, wait, for Bailey and Nikki Krause? 
I don't know. Um, but the last the last time we saw a match uh, similar to to this was uh, Randy Orton. Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt. Exactly at a backlash of uh, twenty sixteen. And uh, oh, yes, yeah, so, <laughs> so I don't I don't know what or or who they have the House of Horrors match planned for, but um, that's that's my understanding. God help me. <laughs> God can't help you with this shit because it makes absolutely <laughs> no sense. Then we had Lucha House Party and the New Day defeating the team of Cesaro, Shinsuke Nakamura, Miz, and Morrison. Well, I don't have a problem with Miz and Morrison losing, but I have a problem with Cesaro and uh, Nakamura. I hate this when they, whenever they make these two lose. Come on. Yeah. And then the main event had Jeff Hardy defeating Baron Corbin. I don't care about King Corbin bullshit. Uh, well, well, and, and but what, but what the fuck was 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 you know the Jeff Hardy pose in the middle of the ring? Like, he got down on his knee like the Undertaker, and it just looked so fucking weird. Now, um, you mentioned a segment earlier, so Ben, why don't you do the? Why don't you tell the fans about this say one segment with Braun Strowman? Okay. All right. So, um, are well, you the one that's feuding with him? <laughs> yes. 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 So, you know, you know how uh, the pre the previous week, um, uh, the Eater of Worlds had returned as a way to play off of the history between Brain and Braun. Right. Sure, so, sure. So, out comes. Out comes Braun in the main event segment of the show. It's, you know, it's his new choo-choo train theme because, you know, it's the uh, it's the Strowman Express. He can run really fast, but but the only thing the only thing that is is interesting about the Strowman Express is that it can put me to sleep faster than than. Advil PM. It puts me on the express on the express lane to, to La La Land. <laughs> I just I, I don't give it I don't give a shit. Um you know it, the whole promo was just rambling and asinine and I just I don't care. Which is really sad because like when when um the fiend character came up, and I got past my initial confusion uh, re- regarding uh, regarding the Mr. Rogers element to it, which which honestly really um, creeped me out. I remember I remember uh, telling you when I saw the first uh, promo for uh, Mr. Rogers Bray Wyatt, I was sit- I was sitting there like transfixed on my on my bed, like what the fuck is is this? Like it was. At the time, it was. It seemed like the most random and stupid thing I, I, I had ever seen. Uh, but to WWE's credit, they, it, the end result was the Fiend character, which which, which they have since destroyed. Um, and the reason why I have no interest in this in this match, I I just I I know I should, but I just don't. Okay. So and, 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 and you know. 
And as you as you were saying, because because of the fact that I'm feuding with Braun Strowman, and he just continuously makes asinine statements, I just I just I don't care. All right. No, and and, and I'll, I'll tell you what this this new you know country boy you know like I'm like everybody else gimmick and you know. You know, and, and it's like I, I I made up I made up a song, but it got tripped out earlier. You know, I made up a, a rhyme. You know, it's 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 the Strowman Express. He runs really fast. You know, but the only the only express lane I think of when when Braun Strowman's involved is the express is the express lane to 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 me going to sleep. It, it, I, I swear to God, it's just. It's stupid. I don't care if they they have ripped. And aside from my my personal issue, um, I uh, they've just destroyed the Braun Strowman character to the extent where you want me to take him seriously as as a Universal Champion. Uh, no, fuck that, and fuck the creative decision making behind putting the belt on Braun Strowman at the expense of The Fiend. Like, what the fuck? All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was our review of Friday Night Smackdown. Ben, you ready to fire up the DeLorean? Indeed, sir. All right, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Where were you on the night of Sunday, June 24, June 27, 2004? Well, let's see. I was, uh, I was 16. Uh, that was not a good, that was not a good period of my life. I was probably, I was probably doing something I shouldn't have been doing. Uh oh, tisk tisk tisk. <laughs> because on this night, the WWE presented their Great American Bash from the Norfolk Scope in Norfolk, Virginia. And uh, and did you did you see the show when it aired? I did not. At this time, I think I was uh, still occupied with um, school. Oh boy! Yeah, I, I I finally got done with school in 2016. After well, well I, I, w- I went back in 2004 because there were like a couple of credits that I needed, and for some reason I never got them when I was supposed to back in '93. So I'm like, well, I'm gonna see what I what I'm gonna do between like, and maybe I'll go back at a later date. So between 93 and 2004, I just uh, did a couple of job placements and uh, just did my own thing. Yeah, you, uh, <clears throat> you've led a very interesting life and I, I, I don't mean that in a disparaging fashion at all. I, I actually find it quite fascinating. But another um, story off air. Yeah, well, this and this is one that I really want to hear because <laughs> now you got my curiosity. Um, 
But, uh, but yeah, let's go through the card, shall we? All right, so the commentators on this card were Michael Cole and your new best friend, Taz. Hey, I'm not knocking it. <laughs> we need to beat you one day. Damn it. Damn if, you, if you pick up Taz. All right, so, so the first match on the card was a four-way elimination for the United States Championship. Champion John Cena defeating Booker T, Rene Dupree, and Rob Van Dam. I'll tell you what, Booker T was one of my favorite um, U.S. champions of all time. Now, I this, this I believe this was uh, prior to the King Booker character. Well, yes, because the King Booker character it wasn't until... Which I really enjoyed, the King Booker character. Yeah, I did too, yeah. Then we had the original Reigns, Luther Reigns defeating Charlie Haas. Do you, oh, you remember this guy? Yeah, the king of irrelevancy. Now, Luther Reigns in uh, the Independence, I believe. Wait, um, what was the developmental in 2004? Uh, OVW, well, I think. OVW, OB, okay. In, in uh, OVW, he was known as, his uh, previous name prior to Luther Reigns was Horseshoe. What? Horseshoe. <laughs> H-O-R-S-H-U. Oh fuck! And, I, and, I, and I'm not even making that up. That was uh, his uh, name prior to uh, the ring. That's, that's fucking terrible. Well, Next was, week. It, it wasn't much better with the loser Reigns character. Yeah, he didn't last very long, did he? No, he did not. Like I believe um because I've gone to Italy every year from 2001 to 2011, I believe it was. Because then uh, my dad was sick, so we had to go like a couple of years off. Then I had to, I couldn't travel because I had to wait for my surgery. So, uh, yeah, while uh, he was in WWE, he didn't last too long. That was because I was, I also saw him in Italy when I, one day I was watching SmackDown. Cool. Yeah, there he is Horseshoe Inspector Impact and Luther Reigns. He was trained at the WCW power plants. Boy. <laughs> then we had the Cruiserweight Championship. Rey Mysterio defending and defeating Chavo Guerrero Jr. I, you know what? You, you, know, you know how I feel about uh, you know, Rey Mysterio, but I I love the Cruiserweight Championship in, in this in this time frame. This, this, see, this is what they should have done with when they bought the cruiserweights back um, on Raw. Um, you know, this is what cruiserweights should have been. Mm-hmm. So. Then we had Kenzo Suzuki defeating Billy Gunn. Oh, fuck. <laughs> you remember that guy, Kenzo Suzuki? Uh, yeah, another another irrelevant, you know. Let me look up info on this guy, and this isn't even this isn't an even an indie spotlight. I'm just curious to see information on this guy. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I, his other names were Hirohito, Kenzo, Kenzo Oka, Kenzo, Kenzo Suzuki, and Myogun Number Five, and. Uh, he was trained at the NJPW Dojo. 
All right. That's interesting. I didn't know that. So the next match on here we had Sable defeating Tori Wilson. Was it an actual match or was it a bikini thing? No, it just says Sable defeated Tori Wilson. They gave the, this match six minutes. Oh, boy. You know, I, I, uh, I'm glad that we went with that women's wrestling move past that. I mean, you know, back 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 in this day, I uh, you know I didn't know any any better because I was just like a stupid teenager. No, this was the ruthless aggression era. This was in the attitude era. No, no, I, no, I know, but like back in like 2004, I was still. Yeah, no, I'm saying that. The, so they had got. I think they'd gotten rid of that by this time. No, well, the attitude era, yes, but they were still doing all the bikini shit. And, uh, uh, oh wait, yeah, they had the stupid diva search. That's right. Fuck. Yeah. Well, and that didn't end well. And then we had Mordecai defeating Hardcore Holly. Oh my God. Okay. You know what? I prefer this guy much better as Kevin Thorne. Uh yeah, because what what was this gonna be like another? Like you know white, what? That's exactly what I was asking like a, myself. What, like a white knight version of the Undertaker. That's exactly what I was asking myself when I first saw the vignettes for him. Like, I, like, but I don't even know where they were going with that. Like, it's the Undertaker in a different costume. Yeah. Yep. So apparently, um, he was known as Kevin Furtick, Kevin Thorne, Mordecai, Serpent, Seven, Seven Thorn. Thorn and Vengeance, and he was part of a stable called the Brotherhood with Apoc and Gangrel. So, so okay, so that means that we've had two. I'm sorry, seven. I'm, I'm sorry. Two more, two more stables, and also Disciples of Sin and the New Breed, which included Ariel, CM Punk, and Elijah Burke. Yeah. Well, I remember that from ECW and stuff, but um, here's the thing, right? So the vampire gimmick, you know, Gangrel cornered that. It wasn't gonna, it wasn't gonna work once, uh, once the brood ended, you know, because you can get away with that shit in the '90s, you know, because you had the, you had the Lost Boys in in the early '90s and. You you had you had a bunch of things and you had those kind of movies and blah blah blah. You can get away with that. Um, and plus, you know, one of the reasons why the brood worked out so well was it was it was like the it was like the launching point for Edge. Um, so you you knew right off the bat that that was gonna work. Uh, you know, but but. Vampire gimmicks and all that in um, in 2004 is not going to work. Um, and uh, but see what what I what I would what I would really liked um, was um because one of, one of my favorite movies is Seven, and um, so I would I would have really liked like as like as serial killer based character 
Didn't Dustin Rhodes do that in WCW? Didn't what? Dustin Rhodes. <laughs> well, what, it wasn't based off of that character because then Seven sucked. Was, what was that character supposed to be? That's a syndrome's character. I, I, let, let me let me look. Let, let me let me look it up just so I can get a description. And we're gonna we're Ladies gonna and gentlemen, on the fly research only here on PNC. Because that's a really good question. Let me let me look up what that was supposed to be. Because you know that that was not okay. Seven. Okay, well, well, uh, better do that. I'm gonna continue on with uh, what was going on here because we have like two more matches to go through, and our next one was a Texas Bull Rope match for the WWE Championship. JBL defeating Eddie Guerrero to become the new WWE Champion. Oh Lord! Yeah, all right, I know. And in the main event, we had a concrete crypt two-on-one handicap match. The Undertaker defeating the Dudley Boys. Concrete crypt. Oh, was that was that was that where he ki- he killed uh, uh, Paul Bear? Oh, you know what? I'm not sure if that is. I wonder. Because I do remember I saw that to where uh, uh, he had Paul Bear in that cement uh, in that box and the cement uh, was filling up. That's a good that's a good question. I have to look uh, yeah. it up. Let's yeah, see. That was weird. I don't know why they did that though. Okay, so here's the here's the description of right, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Of seven. So it was supposed to be based on uh, the nineteen ninety-eight film uh, Dark from uh, the Strangers, uh, from the uh, nineteen ninety-eight film Dark City. Um, okay. But they uh I I've never seen that movie, so that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean jack shit to me. But, um, but the character was was originally dropped after Turner's uh, Turner standards and practices, quote expressed concern that this gimmick could be misinterpreted as a child abductor. I can kind of understand how uh, it was. It could have been misconstrued as a child uh, abductor because one of the one of the first, and I actually remember this. It's not just because I looked it up. Oh, is that um, is that when he was looking through the child's bedroom window? Yeah. Yeah, that was creepy. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so yeah, I can understand why that was dropped. All right. So that is our review of. Great American Bash 2004 from Sunday, June 27, 2004. Ben, we say bring this week's show to a close. Absolutely, and uh, I, and I'm gonna I'm gonna have to look up because I'm almost positive that that was when they killed Paul Bear with that concrete. And I'd like to know the reason behind that too, though. Yeah. Um, oh, you, you you have homework, sir. 
Oh Jesus! I I I I got out of school. I got out of school like you know, almost almost four years ago, man. Like what the fuck? I shouldn't have to. I shouldn't have to do homework. I'm 32 years old. I did homework for 25 years. Like hey, I was 30 years old and I did homework. Well, what do you fucking do? <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, we're going to, before we go off on another tangent, um, we're going to bring this show to a close, and um, we'll, we'll be, um, I, oh, actually, no, no, no. Oh, actually, unless, actually, you unless you want to do a bonus show for Fighter Fest and make that a standalone show. Uh, yeah, but we would probably have to record that right after this anyway. Okay. So uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna jump off of here for now, and then we'll be right back with a with a bonus episode for the Fighter Fast predictions. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, for my co-host Ben, I'm Elio. This is the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. We will talk to y'all next week. Ben, say goodbye uh, to the fans. See ya.